Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you once again for making our show one of the most listened to shows on 1640 AM, 620 AM in the Tri-State area, 93.5 FM, high digital. And when you download us internationally through the very many media outlets we are on, every week we keep expanding. But many of you listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, TalkLine Networks, website, Jewish Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, and more to come. We have a huge show tonight. So welcome into my corner. When people ask me, what is Cindy's Corners about? The Celebrity Corner is about encouraging culture. We don't cancel it. Tonight's show really epitomizes that concept. We have three guests who speak about their latest projects, who are so different, yet so much alike. Why are they alike? Because they are creative talents. Why are they so much alike? Because they want to share it and they're excited about it. You could feel it when you're going to listen to the interviews about how much they love what they do and how much they want to share it with you and how proud they are. And that's what we're about. We could be three different people, actually four when you include me, but come together for an hour of conversation that joins us together, finding our common ground, escaping the fighting that's going on every day all around us. And that's great. And that's what culture is about. We have so much in common, whether or not it's watching the movies or enjoying the clothes and buying the clothes, that I'm so proud of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I hope you enjoy the show. And when you walk away from listening to it, you say, wow. There's a lot of variety there, and Cindy Gross is not canceling culture. She's encouraging it, and that's my welcome, and tell me what you think. You can reach out to me through all the media outlets I'm on, including Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and through my website. And thanks to you, we're having big news coming very soon. So stay tuned. Our first guest will be on after the first commercial. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Kanan, and I'm hanging out with Cindy Gross on Cindy's Celebrity Corner at 620 a.m. If you're not watching, then your karate is a joke. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is an actress who uh, is the star of one of the most talked about movies in theaters as we speak. It's called God's Not Dead, We the People. Joining us now is Leticia Robles. Thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Oh, thank you, Cindy. So great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, lucky you, you get to be in one of the most talked about movies. Uh, it got great reviews and it's in theaters everywhere. Tell us a little bit about the movie and about the role you play. 
So I'd be happy to tell you about the movie. The movie is could not be at a more perfect time in our history right now. It is, uh, you know, I think right now uh, we would all do better if we would pull our kids out of the entire public school system. The entire public school system is an absolute uh, joke. It is against all of our children. It is not for our children. And um, that is exactly what the movie is about. I don't know how the movie and the, and the, and the script, literally, I don't know. I don't know how this, this came to be. I, I don't have all the ends uh, of how the movie came to be um, at this exact time, because the movie is exactly what we're experiencing right now. It's about a, a family that wants to homeschool their children. Uh, the pastor comes in um, and he is uh, wanting to, you know, he's, he's the one that, comes in with Bible study and then they're teaching out of the Bible. So I play Rita Dowd, who is uh, from the government, uh, the establishment. A and progressive, I, can, I should say, more to the left. Very progressive, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it was a fun role to play because it is completely the opposite of who I am. And so uh, this woman comes in to basically overlook uh, their curriculum, and she is astonished to find out that they are teaching uh, history out of the Bible, and so she calls them out on it, and uh, that leads them to, you know, to where the movie goes, and we're talking about our constitutional rights and and fighting for our freedom, uh, freedom of speech. So, uh, but you're talking to somebody who has the longest running lawsuit in New York State Supreme Court against Randy Weingarten and the Department of Education. And I saw all this going on over a decade ago. And people that think this is just brand new, they don't realize that the movement of the uh, 20-year-olds today, the Black Lives Matter, the entitlements, the critical race theory is a product of Many teachers that are, were not really um, capable of teaching factual history, were not trained properly, did not have English as a first language, and were taught to teach fuzzy math. So what you are saying now is so timely, it's actually too late for so many because we have a, a generation that is the product of this mess. But hopefully, as things go in cycles, we'll be able to... Uh, change it all. But you're working with a fantastic cast, including Isaiah Washington, uh, the writer David White. You even have a cameo from one of my friends, uh, Janine Pierro, in it. Tell us a little bit what it was like to work with some of these people, because I know you've worked with David before. I have worked with David. I am so uh, happy to know David personally and I have worked with him on several of his uh, movies at Pure Flix and so when I was asked to be in this movie uh, I, I, was, I, I asked to read the script and when I read the script I was, uh, the story was oh my gosh, yeah obviously I, I, I go without words just because it's so timely and then the, the working with Janine, um, I didn't know her so I met her in the makeup trailer and, and it was, it, she's just fabulous. I mean, I, I, I would be, uh, yeah, there's, I have nothing bad to say about her. She's absolutely just 
the way she is on, on, on TV is exactly who she is in real person. And she's just, she's spitfire. And I love that. I love that. I always felt like I was a little bit of New York, even though I'm not New York, I'm LA, but I feel like I'm a little bit more New York. <laughs> so I love, I just loved her energy. I love your energy. So uh, yeah, the cast and- is amazing. So, in fact, you said you're in L.A. You are a Mexican-American. Tell us a little bit about your background. So, I am first generation. My parents uh, both came in their early teens to L.A., and they both came here, got their green cards, became American, you know, U.S. citizens, both of them. And early on, I noticed uh, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, our lead up Pacoima area. I went to San Fernando High School and learned uh, Spanish as my first language, did not learn English until I was way into six, seven years old. Um, and I quickly realized, I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't know how to express it or, or verbalize this, but I saw the indoctrination even at that age. I knew something in my brain and my spirit, my gut just did not make sense to what they were teaching in the schools. And I almost, I'm going to, I'm going to just, just say it. I felt talked down to, do you know, I felt like, like, why are you talking down to me? Why are you talking to me? Like, I'm stupid. Like you're dumbing me down. Like you're dumbing yourself down to talk to me. Like, and I'm just like seeing this for what it is. And then I saw so many of my other peers eating all this up. Like they, not that they're stupid, but they were eating it up. Like, oh yeah, they're for us. And I'm like, no, 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 there's something wrong. Do you guys not see what's going on here? And I had a gal in my early, uh, like 19, 20 years old. And when I told her I was a conservative, she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't be a conservative. You're Mexican and you grew up in the city. How can you be conservative? That right there was the beginning of just like, Something is not right with what is collectively happening in our world, in, in my little corner of the world. And I, 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 I know now that I'm not in the um, minority, but it sure does feel like I'm in the minority. I think more people are waking up now, but uh, so many people have just really been um, unfortunately deceived. And I think the school system is one of our biggest, biggest um, bullies, and they are indoctrinating children. Well, it's obvious, I'm, I saw this, how minorities are the hurt the most in public schools, yeah. yet, uh, you know, the teachers union, just even with vaccinations, how the teachers unions got exemptions when essential workers from a year ago didn't. And... Um, all of Congress got exception, exemptions. I mean, it's like, what, what is happening? This is, and the thing is that it's hard because it's like, I have people in my own family. I have people, they do not see this. I, and I want to say one more thing based on what you just said, that you know, you knew this was happening 10 years ago. Some people have known this has been going on for even longer than that. And I will tell you something. It's because you're not affected by it. Most people don't want to go outside of their circle of what doesn't affect them. I became a parent later on in life. I didn't have kids when I was 20 years old. So my kids are now, right now, middle schoolers. I'm affected now. I'm affected. I've been affected in the last five years. You know, you're not affected the first five years of their life. But once you go into this, and my kids are in a Christian private school. 
But guess what they're doing? They are getting right in line and following along with all these norms, all this social socialist. And I, I, I cannot believe I want to go scream at my teachers and say, I'm paying you for this is a Christian private school. I purposely took my kids out of this, out of the um, LA Unified. And you are doing now your common core is what they're teaching them in my private school. It is because, and I've been talking about this for years. People don't realize that private schools, a lot of the teachers are retired public school teachers that come to work there, depending on what school you go on, uh, go into uh, the curriculum and the textbooks are from the public schools. In 2016, I helped write, I created and I went and I had bipartisan support in the New York State Assembly about curriculum oversight, handout papers, assignments, teacher's guides. But no one wanted to touch it before, uh, really in the state Senate, including Republicans, because they feared the teachers unions. There is nobody safe. And people should think about this whole COVID experience and the how ill-equipped public schools were to work with students. What would have been smarter is figuring out a way, whether or not it's homeschooling or whether or not it's a group schooling, how money could be spent because countries that are surpassing us around the world are spending less per student. They have parent accountability and they are uh, achieving graduation rates for employment opportunities nowhere near us. They are so surpassing us. And we should be taking a look at these countries and what they are doing instead of constantly giving more money to failure. Absolutely. Cindy, it is a disgrace what is happening. And I want to acknowledge that I was in the dark I because it didn't affect me. My kids were not in the school system. The moment my kids went into one year of public school in kindergarten, they're out. I took them out. Now, I was able to afford that luxury. Most people cannot afford that luxury. I mean, we're right. paying thousand dollars a year upwards of twenty thousand dollars how do people pay that and then and then you you can't even get in a you know like a one of those transfers to come out it is not good tell us a little bit i mean your face is familiar to many of our listeners and they'll see the promotions you've been on a lot of episodic tv you've been in other movies tell us some of the things that you've been in and what's coming up for you well, I've been, yes, I've been in this business for a long time. And I don't know if you heard, but I, the industry is, uh, we're about to go in through a very rocky as of today. Um, we are on, I think the, they're on strike. So um, the, the, I think the industry is about to shut down as we speak. But um, we've been here before. Um, I think there, there should be an overhaul on a lot of different, um, um, whether it be the entertainment industry, our government, there, there needs to be an overhaul in a lot of different areas. So, you know, in, the entertainment industry is not, uh, is not going to uh, um, stay in, you know, stay safe uh, when it comes to that. But as far as for me, you know, I, I've always um, gravitated to really strong characters. And so a lot of the things that come my way, um, I think that I, uh, I think I think what's coming up for me is definitely something that I'm going to end up writing myself and creating myself. And I think that um, 
I've done a lot of like uh, commercials was a lot of my at the beginning of my career. And, uh, you know, that's just a look. But I think the older that I've gotten, it's like I'm very I'm very picky about what I want to do, you know, and sometimes we don't have the luxury to have those uh, to make those choices. Right. So um, I think a lot of the people now are just creating their own projects and it's never been a better time to create your own projects than right now. And that's why I'm so happy for David because exactly what David did. David created Pure Flix because of that same struggle. You know, he wanted to play certain roles and, and he just did it himself. And that he's the perfect example of how to make th- things happen. And another one of your co-stars who's a friend to the show is Antonio Sabato Jr. And yeah. he also did that. He got tied in. I have to tell you that for me, uh, so many of my friends are people who well, think like us, even though on Cindy Celebrity's uh, Corner, we don't cancel culture. We encourage it. I invite on my friends who think differently than me politically, because for me, entertainment is exactly that entertainment. The movie got great reviews. The movie is entertaining. Whether or not you agree with it or not, you should be going to the theater and learning something. And maybe going home and questioning it, whether or not you agree with it. We forgot the entertainment value in our theater, in our film, in our television. We are all about fighting with each other. Well, I think here's the one thing that's a, and, 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 and you know, people don't want to talk about this. I'm just going to tell you right now, they are purposely, and it's more evident now than it ever has. They are purposely wanting to turn us away from our creator. And I'm going to call our creator God. I personally believe in Christ. Um, I know that you're Jewish, but we're, we're sisters. You know, we all we are Zionist. This- and that I is do. very important. I, I, missed ha- I miss having an administration that was so good to Israel for Jews, Christians, and Arabs. Oh, that's. That's fantastic, (laughs) but that's what it is. And so I think that a lot of, I think, unfortunately, um, the entertainment industry has, um, gosh, just has a lot of godless people, you know? And so I I think a lot of it is like they're turned, they just, you know, there's nothing like the name of Jesus to make the, to make the godless quiver in their skin you know what I mean and and that's okay it's okay that's what it's meant to do and so um I'm never gonna back away from that I'm not gonna back down and I'm an actor and I am I am I'm a Jesus girl and so if that offends you I I I don't know what to say to you but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna basically sell out to 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 be accepted by an industry that sometimes turns turns away from that because it makes them uncomfortable. I think that you're right. I think it's about the craft. I think it's about entertainment. And at the, and it, at the end of the day, let's all be entertained. You know, don't just get the people that are not for G Je- that are, you know, against Jesus or purposely right now in 2021, all you need to do is turn on the most celebrated young artist. And the disgusting evil agenda that they are promoting. They are literally taking our children and indoctrinating them with demonic agendas. Let's not even, this is not even up for debate. You, no, all you have not. to do, 
You all you have to look at the latest videos of what is happening. I'm not being dramatic. It's happening. And they're accepting it and they're shoving it down our children's throats. But for every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. And for that, just take a look at how the Bravo TV try to throw the housewives at us, teaching us about uh, Black Lives Matter and how that's failed. Think about the most popular shows you were on in Heartland, one of the most popular shows on TV, a very homey uh, show with several seasons. Look at the success of the Hallmark uh, channels and uh, shows like Virgin River. So people are turning around and saying, you know what? We want to be entertained. We don't want to, you know, have this education thrown at us that we didn't ask for. We don't want opinion. We want fact. And it's going to change. It's going to take time. It's going to take a little bit more of a downward spiral, but there's more actors and actresses like you. I know plenty of them. I am friends with them. They're not even afraid to come out and say where they stand. Antonio, when he started his quest and when he ran for Congress, it was like no one wanted to be near Antonio. Now I get calls all the time from actors and actresses. Can you hook me up with conflicts? Anyway, we're here to talk about you and your movie. Tell everybody again, the movie is and where they could see it. The movie is God's Not Dead. We the people. And it comes out today. Today is the world premiere in all theaters today, tomorrow and Wednesday, October 3rd, 4th and 5th. So get your tickets on God's Not Dead dot And where can our wonderful listeners follow you? Because I know we're going to have a lot of my followers want to learn more about you. Well, I'm only on Instagram right now. It's Leticia underscore Robles, R-O-B-L-E-S. And you can follow me there for for now. That's where I'm at. I'm sure you're going to be back. I'm sure you're going to have more projects. And I'm sure we're going to use your voice as a voice for Mexican-Americans, minorities, voices for values of family, education, religion, and America first. America is great. There's a reason why all of our ancestors came to this country. My mother became a U.S. citizen, and it was one of the happiest days of her life. God bless her soul. I love America. America first. Yes. Thank you so much, Leticia, for being on the show. Thank you. Hi, this is your host, Cindy Gross of Cindy's Celebrity Corner and Cindy's Corners Productions. I'm here to tell you to look out and stay tuned because we are expanding. We've received a lot of communication from you about things you want from our show. And we've listened. So stay tuned, because in the next few weeks, you are going to see an expanded Cindy's Corners. You're going to see an expanded way to meet our guests, our sponsors, and me. We are all in this together, because we don't cancel culture. We encourage it. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. My next guest is a name you all know. 
You've seen his clothing on celebrities, on runways, on red carpets, and he's back with a whole new idea of fashion forward post-COVID with a brand new collection, working with a whole slew of new people. Byron Laws, welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. So, Byron, you are really an icon, and you've dressed some really well-known names, and you just had a new show at New York Fashion Week. Tell us a little bit about your coming back into the fold with your In Earnest collection. Well, um, I, I guess as far as, like, deliveries and shipping is concerned, I never really left the fold, but decided to reboot during COVID, I think a lot of people kind of like really assessed where they were and if they were on the path that they wanted to be on during that time of shutdown and myself doing that also, even though we just shipped a collection, it was just not really, this company was not really set up the way that I originally envisioned. And, and, with the, the purpose that I, I like really want to set out for myself and for this business. So that was what happened with the whole reboot. I partnered with my once colleague, now business partner, Sheila Gray. And because, you know, we're doing so much of the heavy lifting and the old iteration of our fashion existence anyway, that it just made sense to carry forward and do it more and more purposeful way so in earnest is the brand in earnest by byron ernest lars and your focus in the new collections was taking advantage of everybody's feeling of comfort which is great because i don't really think people are going to give up comfort so fast but tie it into luxury and femininity uh lace and and hybrids of fabrics. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I guess I've always kind of seen out what we do here and what we've even done in the past is like women's advocacy through the product itself. And so I've always really like focused on comfort while also trying to make things beautiful. But COVID... And everybody working all day in jammies really upped the ante in that in the comfort realm. And now that we've all we're all reengaging in an IRL reality, um, you know, nobody wants to leave that part behind. And so, you know, it's just raised the bar, the comfort bar higher. And I love a challenge. And I love just kind of like checking all the boxes. So like she feels great in the clothes because if she looks great and she feels great in the clothes, she can conquer and do whatever she's got to do in life. And that's what we're all about. So in earnest is not only the name of the brand, it's the mandate. We're going to do everything in earnest with by definition means existing to a greater extent or more intensely than before. That's what we want to live out. But part of that is the, and you talk about gracefulness and movement and with the clothes, that was part of your theme in the uh, show with fashion and dance and music and being just lively and fun. 
And anybody who knows you, and now I've been with you a few times, the smile never stops. Never. And the warmth. And that that comes across in the collections. Uh, tell us, who was your favorite person you, you dressed? Or the most memorable? One of what you what was a highlight for you in your career? You know, here's the thing, and everybody thinks that I'm like giving the political answer. But to be honest with you, every woman I dress is important to me. I mean, whether you are like in the public eye or whether you just share something, an event that you went to with us on Instagram, and we don't know you other than that. I mean, just the fact that like we are facilitating great experiences for our customer, whoever she is and whatever she does is really important to us. But of course, one high up on the list is Michelle Obama because she's so awesome. I mean, <laughs> you know, she's so awesome. But so many women that we dress that like you probably would never have heard of. Like we have doctors that like really got us through that rough patch, you know, that we're still trying to get out of if everybody could just help us get out of it. And um, I like how you are really politically correct there. I mean, the way you said that, that was so graceful, just like the clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. I'm really not, you know, trying to like dodge anything. I mean, it's just like, I think it really just does come down to us caring about each other enough to make some hard choices that we might not otherwise have made. I mean, come on, if we didn't have to consider each other, I mean, how different would our lives look and how how much more depressing would the world look? I totally agree with you. And I think one of the reasons I love doing the show, it's with people like you, fashion or food. Those are the things that bring people together. Those are the things that when they you learn so much about a person that make people feel good. Yeah. And you certainly do that. Who would you like to dress that you haven't dressed yet? Oh, that's a good question. You know who I love to death? And of course, everybody's thinking like, who's the youngest, newest, hottest? But I would love to dress Helen Mirren. I think she is so cool. (laughs) And she's so gorgeous. And she's got a rocking body. And I would love to like uh, tweak her. Like I would love to like get her in something. We got to get this to her. She is. <laughs> you know what? You're not the only person who feels that way. The classics. I mean, the biggest trend. I I actually was writing something about the Emmys, and I said the biggest trend: weight and wrinkles. <laughs> and it really was women were women. Men were men. Yeah, you know, there's something like really sexy about owning who you are. You know what I mean? That's what In Earnest is about. We celebrate who you are and where you are. And we want to like facilitate your best life where you are. (laughs) Also, what's good about the collection that's very in, you have not just clothes, but you have accessories as well. Well, the accessories are actually my business partner's baby, Sheila Gray. She designs accessories like nobody's business. And it only makes sense that whenever an Ernest needs accessories, that we start there. (laughs) 
Well, that's that's what's nice. Also, you're not just thinking about yourself. You include other designers. You you look for out of the box ways to include people and to encourage fashion. And that is so beautiful, especially now when so many people in the business are struggling. Uh, It's not as easy for the newer designers to get their name out. Retailers are suffering. Small business owners are suffering. So that's something really beautiful about your personality. Well, thank you for that. But honestly, it's not really charity here. It's just like really recognizing talent and, you know, and making it like all work. I wasn't trying to say it was charity, but it's a nice quality. Okay. And it's very admirable. And it's one of the reasons you've been in the business this long, which comes to my next question. Share a little bit about your background. Um, I was born in a little t- town of now. I'm not going to take it back that far. But um, I will take you back as far as high school when I like decided to be a fashion designer. Um, I wanted to be an architect initially um, until I was about 15. And I wanted a friend of mine to make me a pair of pants because she sewed all the time neighbor i'm like hey make me a pair of pants and she's like no uh, but i'll show you how to work this machine and you can make your own i was like oh bummer but okay <laughs> anyway little did i know what changed my life set me on this path that i'm on and how did it get from pants to women's wear well an upperclassman wanted a prom dress and she asked me to make it and I had the audacity to accept that challenge. And thankfully for her and for me, came out great and was really encouraging. You know, I was thinking, sitting there thinking that she was out that night because she was an upperclassman. I wasn't at prom. And I was thinking about like this very special moment in her life that um, the dress was an important part of that moment. And that I participated in this really momentous occasion in her life that she'll probably always remember. And that was super important. That was when the whole experience thing of the customer, I guess, entered like right away. And I, I was just, didn't want to get away from that. I just had to have some more. So set of houses, stresses. What's your favorite uh, kind of collection to uh, design? Ready to wear, evening? You know, I really like designing all categories of things, but if someone had to needle me down to a specific category, I guess it would be sportswear, like things that you wear every day or any day that can integrate into your life. But then I love those things also that work in your life every day that can also transition to evening. You know, and that's what my whole deal is with these glam tracksuits because they are so cozy like pajamas and you can hang out on the couch or be out in the world looking pulled together and we even like them deconstructed and paired with the evening wear so i think that kind of like seamless transitioning in your closet is going to become a lot more important as we just move on not even past covid but just it's just i think going to be a key to modern living And that's a big part of your collection. You could have a piece from a past collection, buy from in earnest now, and it goes well together. Yeah, you know what? We really are all about like 
evolution and not revolution because, you know, you invest a lot of money in these clothes. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have them in your life and have them be relevant to your life. That's why we really think about the experiences and not just any trend or any specific aesthetic that we're going for. Like everything's short. No, everything's not short because you don't want everything short in your closet. You know, it's like everything has big sleeves. No, everything doesn't have big sleeves because there's times that you want a big sleeve and times that you want a tailored sleeve. So it is all about variety and, and really making thoughtful choices for our girls so that like when she invests in something, she's really pleased with it, maybe Mm -hmm. even more so as she lives with it and integrates it within her life. Byron, we could talk a long time. There is so much to discuss, but our time is running out. And before we go, please share with the audience where they can buy the collection. You can buy the collection at www.inearnest.com official.com that's the word in i n earnest e a r n e s t official.com that's the same on instagram same on twitter same on facebook but of course facebook is a little shorter than that but if you enter that you'll get to us i can't thank you enough for uh joining us sharing the smile i mean everybody could feel the smile through the studio and uh Thank you for being in earnest. And thank you. (laughs) We look forward to having you back and working together with you. Awesome. I look forward to coming back. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo. And I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner, along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. Joining us now is a fashion designer who really made a big hit, got rave reviews from her show with Spring uh, Spring Street at New York Fashion Week, Sienna Lee. Uh, She is a very unique designer, and you're going to learn a lot about her. Thank you for joining the show. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for inviting me to your show. And hi, everyone. (laughs) So your show really was beautiful and glamorous and you are a couturier designer and you really have a lot of one of a kind dresses and uh, catered to your women very, very elegantly. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the show because it really flowed and it was all kinds of pastels and elegance. This is actually a very special show for me. I got the original idea from a, nearly a decade ago. Like when I was a really um, a beginner of fashion design, I basically know very limited knowledge about it, but I was really ambitious. I saw a picture from, I guess it was Discovery Magazine, it was the age tray with rendering rules, you know, like a big tray with rendering rules. I was shocked by the beauty and the power of the image of the tray. And so I was thinking, fabric is a, such a soft material. Is that possible for me to create a very uh, dramatic 3D textured, 
uh, sculpture-like artwork, you know, um, because the tree looks like a woman wearing a big gown, and the roots of the tree looks like uh, the train on the back of the dress. So I was uh, at that time. I, it took me a hundred hours to create something like that is like um, like uh, making what I expected, but it was really not perfect. I created some really complex uh, 3D texture, but it was not really wearable because of my uh, skill was not that much, you know, trained yet. So now I'm a professional designer. I have fashion shows for many seasons. I really want to make something, my early dreams, perfect. So this collection is inspired by plants in the forest. I take every, like the, I see the tray like a woman wearing a gown. I take every single plant, like a personalized them and thinking about um, all the textures of the petals, the leaves is like a part of their dress. So okay. that's where it comes from. <laughs> so, and you know what? There was one um, outfit that was really, so stunning. It was like that paley green with the cream color. You know which one I'm referring to? Pale green is cream Like it's color. like a pale, pale greenish with like a cream. It looked yeah, like I a have... flowery tree. You had a couple yeah, pieces like Yeah, you mean like the this. flower in the front? Yes, the, the flower in the front. And then it had like the opening in the back. Yes. That was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you... That model came out and everybody's jaw just dropped. It was unbelievable. Wow. I'm sure that Thank took you, so you a long time to to make. <laughs> oh, this, um, because the fabric is extremely hard to handle, that probably one of the hardest fabric to sew in fashion, I would say, in this industry. So we, I work with the top, the best seamstress in my studio and she so she's like sewing everything perfectly she doesn't allow any flaws so i'm really happy for this for how it comes out so sienna i believe this was your was this your first time showing at spring street um in spring studio this is the first time but we had a lot of uh, previous shows like also new york fashion league official ones mm-hmm. and how did you think Fashion Week went? Because it was really the return of Fashion Week after COVID. I appreciate this opportunity. I heard there, there was only 14 designers showed in Spring Studio, which is the official venue of New York Fashion Week this year, this season. So um, I'm, I'm honored to have this opportunity. I'm so happy to see Fashion Week coming back to New York. Because last year, we can only do something online with video. And this time, I'm so happy to see people face-to-face and they can see me, see my work, like, really. Tell so, the so. audience a little bit about your background. Uh, I started, as I said, I started fashion uh, design 10 years ago. Um, but before that, I was a literature student. I studied literature in China, in UK, also in US shortly um, for many years. So I was trying to be a journalist. I don't know, after I graduated from master's degree in UK, I didn't know what I can actually do. The only thing is I want to do something practical. 
So I tried to be a journalist in London for a short term, but I felt like I really need to do something creative. Like not just reporting the facts, I need to do something like I can, um, I can create and change something, you know. Uh-huh. Well, I can make. Mm-hmm. As a journalist myself, I like to forecast trends, and I like to, uh, I like to think out of the box. And when I saw your collection, and I spoke with you, we were talking about how your gowns that are custom made in New York are perfect for many of my listeners and followers who are mothers of brides. Even brides could wear some of those dresses. Uh, any kind of major ceremony, black tie event that anybody has to go to, your dress just stands out. Uh, am I right in my assumption with that? Is that how you look at your customer? Okay, I create these dresses with like maybe this collection, Nature Inspired Beauty around us. Um, I want to carry out some long forgotten dreams or long waited wishes like within women. So we are just providing women with guns to dance, to love, to dream or adventure. The women wear our our gowns to our dresses. They go to from afternoon tea, uh, formal formal dinner or ball uh, gala or even red carpet. So yeah, they. I think this is uh, the purpose of why I'm collecting my, um, why I'm creating my collection like this. A lot of your dresses and gowns, uh, and even your pants, look mm-hmm. like they are related to nature. I have a feeling nature is a very important part of your life. Yes, <laughs> um, I do believe there is something um, we forgot, long forgotten dreams in our um yeah every woman's yeah every woman's dreams in our early age and i want to bring it back to the reality i want to realize it for women not every collection was designed inspired by nature but this collection i want to carry out something like woman has their in their early dreams mostly every woman has the, the long forgotten dreams in their early lives and i do want to give them the freedom you know to to enjoy the fantasy from within so that's why i think nature is very important uh, theme for this uh, collection how, can I, we yeah, talk about, I know this is something you might, you know, be, uh, you know, <laughs> people are going to be curious. Let's just say, what is the price range of the gowns? Because they really are, like you said, they could start at a hundred hours just to start a gown, the delicate uh, stitching, the materials. How, what is an average price for the gown? Um. Yeah. I will say the price of the gowns starts from two thousand to thirty thousand. Um, most, I think, the middle point of the price is probably uh, six, seven thousand. And I know you have a boutique in New York. I, I do, I do like a customized, a custom made uh, 
uh, dresses. So after the pandemic, I work with my studio only. We don't open with any boutique. We pre before we sell in Soho, but now we just uh, meeting with the clients privately. Would you do another New York Fashion Week at Spring yeah, of Studios? Uh huh. Definitely. <laughs> How would you like to dress? Me myself, um, I like what I create. <laughs> now, who, I, who, what who, celebrity who, uh, would you mm-hmm. like to dress that you haven't dressed yet? Uh, there's a bunch of names. <laughs> um, Tell us. I, was, I like. Uh, uh, I think uh, Nikki Hilton, Emma Stone, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, somebody like the very. Like they're strong and feminine, they're strong inside, and they look feminine from outside. I mean, a strong woman doesn't have to, you know, pretend to be very, like, you know, harsh or hard to deal with from the outside. I always feel like a strong woman can be look can look very feminine from the outside. And you know what? I noticed also not a lot of accessories. You you let your design stand out on their own. And that's probably a little bit what you're talking about with the celebrities you admire and want to dress. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I didn't hear your questions. I said your designs stand on their own. You don't use a lot of accessories. Oh, because I haven't had time to have my own accessory lines. Oh, so you but want I am, Yeah, I want step. my own. I personally love jewelries I love earrings so tell us a little bit about Sienna what does she do when she's not designing oh I'm I'm not really outgoing person I stay home a lot I probably between every two seasons I feel like I need to recharge myself by staying at home or traveling I don't like to travel Oh, I like to travel. I, I think that's where all my inspiration comes from. And where's your favorite place that you've been to? Hmm. Every new place uh, gave me a lot of excitement. I went to um, a lot of places back in China. I went to Paris before the pandemic. I basically go there every year. And I went to a lot of places in U.S., California, Florida. I I love beaches. (laughs) Well, Sienna Lee, you certainly gave us a great show, beautiful clothing, lots of inspiration. And we at Cindy Celebrity Corner, thank you so much for being a part of our show, for sharing your tips. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can look into speaking to you about buying uh, gowns? Um, I basically in New York in the made of uh, Manhattan. Uh, anyone can contact me from my website, siennalee.com. And there's a contact page. If you're interested, just uh, fill the contact form. I will reply you in a few days. Sienna Lee, it was such a pleasure meeting you going to the show, and now sharing you with all my listeners. Thank you again for joining us at Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you very much, Cindy. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you.
Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.